This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That absolute honour to be joined on Football CFB this evening by a man who has clubs in the world and also worked with some of the biggest players in world football and nurtured them through their careers as well. Roy Evans, thank you for joining me. Uh, no problem. How are you doing okay? I'm doing not bad, Roy. I'm, I'm delighted that you've joined me. And, and the first question I've got for you, pretty obvious one, I suppose, just how proud are you when you look at Liverpool now? Champions League winners, won the Premier League in 2020. Everything just seems so rosy. Well, it does, actually, because, again, obviously, when I was, when I was at Liverpool, we, so we won sort of all the trophies that were available. And we, since we've gone to the Premier League, we haven't won that trophy. And, and, the, and the one thing I wanted to see us do um, was win that and to, be fair, and, and to win it in style was, was fantastic and uh, yeah, great credit to Jürgen and his team they were, they were brilliant this year And in terms of Klopp as a manager I mean you worked with Shankly you worked with Paisley Fagan Kenny Sunis, obviously yourself had a reign at the club as well where do you rank Jürgen in terms of the great Liverpool managers? Well, I don't think you can ever pick out one individual. I, I, I would say he's up there with the very best. That, let's put it that way. I wouldn't. I wouldn't start picking names because it's like okay, different people get left different, different sort of challenges in, in terms yeah. of managing different money wise. But yeah, it's definitely up there with the very best. Not only does I, I like the way he manages his team and his players, uh, but I like the style of football that he plays. And, it's, and for for a, for a foreign manager, I think he really gets the Liverpool style. He gets. I think he gets the humour of the. Of the supporters, and they sort of, you know, scouts always think they know we know a bit of everything. So, I like the way he gets the, the Liverpool way, if you like. And then to, to move to yourself, Roy, you started as a player at Liverpool. Your playing career wasn't a career that led to hundreds of games. Bill <laughs> Shankly saw a coach in you though very early. Yeah, well, to be fair, I, mean, I, I joined like 1964, and um, I, I got into the reserve team quite quickly, and I played. A lot of reserve games, or quite a lot of reserve team games, but I can only just manage to get in the first. And I'm, I, I mean, I was getting three games a season um, because obviously they were they were winning uh, lots of trophies and had some great players, but I just couldn't get in there to, to make it. And um, I think when Bob Paisley took over, he sort of said, "Well, you know, we'd like you to become a, a coach." And uh, I took that. Well, there's a message there some way, as <laughs> if to say, "Well, you okay." Um, and I refused actually the first time. I, was, you know, I didn't. I didn't want to be a coach at, at the age of 26. You, you want to be a player. But in the end, I thought about it and thought, well, why not? And uh, I took the job uh, with the reserves. And to be fair to them, um, it, it was great the way they, they let me run the reserve team as if it was sort of the first team. And I, I sort of picked them. The only thing they would say is, if we need a first team player to play in the reserves, um, you know, you have to play. You have to play them there. So they, they were great in the way they sort of joke. Joe Fagan, Ronnie Moran, uh, Bob Paisley. It was great the way they sort of helped me around in, in terms of that. And again, we were, we were very successful in terms of the Central League, which is the reserve team. We probably won it nine times out of ten. So, um, and the, the, But the biggest thing is you're getting players through the system. 
and we also did that with, with quite a lot, you know. So, um, all in all, that part of the that part of it was was very good. And when you look at the Liverpool team of the eighties and the incredible success in Europe and at home that they had, what were those guys in in and around Melwood like? No, I mean we we've, we've always had a good rapport with all all the. The, the players okay sometimes and you leave them out and they're not picked and they don't they don't like it and different things but overall there's always been a um, a good rapport and I say and, and a respect for each other um, and and to be fair but they were all a good bunch of lads I mean yes um, when it came to sort of my time maybe um, I mean everyone sort of criticised the white suits which the, I mean the players picked I don't know why they picked them but the players picked but I mean they were they were, a, they were a bunch of lads who liked to, to live life as well. So they had a, they had a little bit about them. And, uh, as I say, unfortunately, they just probably didn't win enough uh, at the time. One of the things that I really need to talk to you about is the boot room culture and, and the great Ronnie Moran. I mean, there was just so much influence from previous players and managers on the club. Just how strong was the boot room in terms of setting the standards throughout the whole club? Well, very good actually. At the end of the day, as I say, I mean, obviously Shankly first, and then Bob Paisley, um, Joe Fagan, who was fantastic as well. Ronnie Moran. Ronnie Moran was sort of the, the chief coach alongside all them. He, he did have a little bit as, as as first team manager just for a while, but um, I was only filling in for somebody really. But Ronnie was perfect for that job. He was Ronnie was one of them guys. Where, as, as you say, like, okay, you win the league, and he'd go, "Well done. Here's your medals. Right, let's think about next year." Ronnie was always on your case. He didn't let you get away with anything. Um, and he kept the standards you know, way up there at the end of the day. Um, I mean, when I worked with him, Ronnie was like always having to go to the players. I sometimes would put my arm around him. With the boot room, we had a great balance with of people. And to be fair, if you couldn't, if you, and from my own point of view, if you couldn't learn about the game from them people, then you were in the wrong game. And they were fantastic in terms of helping me sort of go forward from there. And in terms of helping you go forwards, you then become, in the 90s, you become the manager of Liverpool. Just sum up your feeling when you were given the job of such a historic club. Yeah, well, it's one of those sort of jobs, isn't it? I mean, I, I, it was nice. It's, it's, an, it's a nice job sometimes doing the many reserves. And obviously, there's less pressure on you because it's not that much in the public eye. Um, but I think I earned the, 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 the time to, to go there and, and be manager. Um, and then you, you try and do the, the the best you can, and uh, okay, as I say, we we only won the one trophy. We we were always in the top four in the league, if you like, over uh, over uh, my my time. But as I say, for Liverpool standards, sometimes maybe that's that's not enough. But um, as I say, I mean, I can't complain really about my life in Liverpool. I I was there for um, over thirty years or whatever, and we won over thirty major trophies in that time. And I'm not saying because of me, but I was involved in a lot of them, and uh, that that was uh, the, the the main thing. You mentioned winning a trophy. You won the League Cup '95 at Wembley against I... Bolton. Just sum up what it was like that day going into the final. Were you someone who, because you'd won so much in the past on the coaching staff, did you go into that game without feeling a real sense of nerves, or because it was your first time? As the manager in such an occasion, did you feel a wee bit more nervous than you normally would? No, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say the, the nervous bit. But I, I mean, obviously, you you want to win it because once you've sometimes like if you haven't won a trophy, then obviously it starts to, to to worry and you and you get 
sort of, uh, well, are we ever going to win something? So we winning that set, that trophy, and uh, hopefully that, I thought that would have taken us on to win many more. But unfortunately, that, uh, that didn't happen. We were always there thereabouts, but we just couldn't quite um, sort of beat, uh, obviously, Man United from down the road because they were, they were, they were the, the team at the, at the moment at, at that time. So, uh, again, we are say we did okay. We played some great football, and people still praise us for that. But as I say, it would have been nice to win one or two more. One of the players who was instrumental in the cup success was Steve McManaman. A lot of people of the younger generation in their twenties will know Steve as a pundit now on BT Sport, but they maybe won't remember him as a player. Just how good was he to work with? Because he earned that move to Real Madrid after all. Well, the nice thing when you see players come through the system, um, that's that's always like I mean, that's something you really like. So certainly, as a as I say, doing it the same as myself, being a reserve team coach and the first team coach, to see them come through, um, the likes of Fowler, the likes of McManaman, who are about best of mates, the two of them, they always like got together. But to see people like that come through, Michael Owen, if you like again, and and become really top players, um, I think that's that's a great that's a great part of you. Of your, what you're trying to achieve as a, as a coach, and uh, for that to happen was was brilliant. Maka, to be fair, was one of them guys who, I mean, very intelligent lad, um, but you you wouldn't want to play against him because he had a lot of pace, run at you, run past you, score goals. And him and Fowler, to be fair, had a great rapport on and off the pitch. And as I say, they were they were, they were two top players, um, and you know there's still other, other other young lads as well, which which who came through, and that was that's what that's what sort of the reserves were all about getting people um, good enough to play for that, for that first team. In terms of McManaman and Fowler, see, because they were so close, did that actually help them in a sense when they were coming through because they were able to buzz off each other on the training field and on the pitch on a Saturday? Well, uh, that, 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 you don't know, but again, with it, what means, but I think, I think they just both had great talents. I mean, Bobby was one of them guys at the end of the day, um, he was always in the right place at the right time. And sometimes they'll tap in. Sometimes he could score from outside the box. He, he scored some fantastic goals. And it's nice to see now that he's actually gone into the managerial side down in uh, down in Australia. And uh, hopefully he does well. Um, Macca, to be fair, was, was, was always one you thought, yeah, if he develops into something and, and gets a few chances uh, in, in the first team, he will develop. And, and he did that, to be fair. Uh, not, just, not just for Liverpool, but um, even for his country as well. You mentioned Michael Owen coming through as well. Now, when when you look at Michael Owen's career, obviously he scored goals for, for so much of his career, but particularly when he came through at first, is, is he the... I know it's, it's, it could be harsh asking this because Robbie Fowler was excellent, as was McManaman, but as a young player, was Michael Owen arguably the best you've managed in the sense that he went to the World Cup with England, he was completely and utterly fearless at that age and, of course, won the Ballon d'Or as well? Yeah, Michael was was uh, brilliant. I mean, obviously, and they're all like strikers at the end of the day, and, and they, they were all fine. But I mean, it's it's very difficult to match one who's better than the other. I mean, they all played slightly different ways. Um, obviously, Matt Manaman was again he played more um, wide, if you like. But Bobby and and um, Robbie and Michael played up front. But it, it's very difficult to start judging one between two, but they were both great players and uh, that's what you what you want and uh, it, was, it was a joy to actually manage them. As well as those young players that you brought through, we've talked about them there, how important were the experienced guys, your Ian Rush, your John Barnes, your Mark Wright, to mix in with that group as well? 
Well, it's always important because again, it's, you know, obviously people get injuries, and sometimes like they they they've been playing the first team, and, they, and then and I, maybe they come back down to my reserve team and they play just to get just to see if their fitness was there and right. Um, but all the people like that, like Sir John Barnes, you're talking about top class and Ian Rush, absolutely brilliant in in, in terms of goal scoring. Um, as I say, they, they all sort of followed each other and and, and move forward um, step by step. And uh, but I mean, being a, a coach with them and a manager with them, I mean that was just uh, was a great thing because um, not not only were like Ian Rush, Ian Rush was our best defender. Never mind our best goal scorer. He was <laughs> because because that's where we started to defend from the front. You see it a lot now with, with the Egan's team, but Rushy was was fantastic at doing that. And uh, as I say, you know, John Barnes could play in, in several positions. But again, we had we had a, we had a decent team. As I say, we just unfortunately never. Never got to the stage where we 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 would have won that league, which uh, we were close, but not close enough. Another big player who you signed, which was a real statement at the time when you look back, and is Paul Ince. Just just what was it like completing that transfer, considering his history with with Manchester United as well? Yeah, well, it was just somebody again. We've just felt we we needed you know, somebody with a bit of steel in the midfield. Sort of again, we had people got going forward. Um, Alexis McManaman and Fowler, as you say, Rushy, um, whatever. So I was trying to get someone to to, to join that. Um, but again, you, you make me then. We, you know, we bought Stan Collymore. Stan was at the time a world record fee. Um, I think about eight, eight, eight million pound, but it's still a, a world record fee. And again, as I say, we we became a force to, to be reckoned with. But uh, as as I said before, it's uh, you've, you've you've still got to win those trophies, and uh, we just didn't manage to do so. In terms of the Liverpool fans, Roy, they, they are renowned for their incredible atmosphere, how much they get behind not only the team but the city as a whole as well. How, how is it when you're on the sidelines and you can hear that roar? Is that something that just fills you with confidence every single home game you go into? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, 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 the supporters have been fantastic for many, many years. It obviously goes through from families to different things and their supporters have been magnificent. And, and I mean, we, we've... We give them as different teams at different times. Give them great things to uh, to support as well. Obviously, from if you like the the league and to the Champions League, we've won them several times. Whatever. So they've been. We have a fantastic fan base, and not only is it just just local. It's it's from all over the world, um, and it's, it is fantastic to see where where people come from. So yeah, it's it's. I think you know television started to show all the the, 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 the games and and the fans sort of followed after that. So the fans played a, a massive part and uh, and I think they always will do. Overall, Roy, you've talked there about the fact that you would like, as, as any manager would, to have won more trophies during your time as the manager. But we talked about those young players that came through, McManaman, Redknapp, Fowler, Owen yeah. and so many others. Does that not give you just so much pride as well when you see the careers that they went on to have and, and how much you you played a part in their development? Yeah, of course. Yeah, again, you, you, the, 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 the the final thing is always about what what we win and we were, we were as a team. And as I say, we you know we, we we end up getting a bit of stick about the, the white suits and you know, and, and again, the, the people called them you know, the the little nicknames for all the the, the players and whatever. And, and everyone thought, but it was at that time of years if you like where young lads were like lively and, and different things and uh, as I say they, they got a little bit of big stick for, for, for that way their mentality if you like but uh, believe me I mean, they were all great players they all had good attitudes okay not saying that they never made a few mistakes in their 
and they've grown up in their learning period. Um, but overall, they, they were brilliant to work with um, and, and a great bunch of lads. And even to this day, I, we still sort of have a, a good rapport between us all. And in terms of yourself, Gerard Tully was obviously in at the club. He ends up being the, the manager long term after you leave. What was it like working alongside him for that short period? Well, to be to be in you know, I say it, 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 it never worked for you from the start. I mean, he, when when the, the um, when the the uh, directors said like we're going to have a joint manager, really, I, sh- I should have been stronger at that point. I should have said right, look, at the end of the day, if if you don't like what you get now. Um, you can sack me if you like at the end of the day um, because I mean it doesn't matter who you work with whether it be your best mates two people doing the same job is impossible certainly in football because it's about opinions you know I would make one one. I would say we'll, we'll play the same and Gerard would say that's you it didn't work there's no way it works in, in any sort of state and okay at the end of it I, 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 I said listen this can't go on I, I just can't uh, do it because you think and and to be fair, no, no disrespect to Gerard Julia. I mean, I'm not saying we would have a best of mates at it, whatever. But if, and again, you, you just you just can't have two people um, making uh, similar decisions, and, and and otherwise you just get um, we just get uh, what happened to us. We just couldn't couldn't get the right team on the pitch, if you like. Sometimes and uh, as I say, I mean, I, I, I mean when I left, I was Gerard well, and he did you know he did he won a few trophies. Which was good, but um, I should have been a bit a bit braver and a bit more honest when when they, the the club first said, well, "Okay, we're going to have joint managers." And that, as I say, for me, um, that wouldn't work with anybody. Um, so, because um, on, on a good day, if, if you won, somebody would call and say, "Yeah, yeah, he did well, and he did not," and it was just a difficult time. So, um, because I was a, a Liverpool supporter, I, it wasn't working. Um, I just walked. I walked away, and um, maybe that was right, or maybe it was wrong. I don't know, but um, I didn't feel it was doing the club any good. And in terms of walking away from a club like Liverpool, you mentioned the fact you're a supporter. You have an incredible association with the club and some of its greatest ever moments. Just what was that feeling like when you you, you said, "Right, I'm I'm going to go now"? Because I imagine it'd be emotional at most clubs you'd spent a long time at, but the fact it was your club must have made it even more emotional. Well, I'm sure there was a few cheers, that's for sure. I mean, it was a difficult decision to make, but I'm sure it was the right decision at the time. Um, do I regret it sometimes? Sometimes I think, well, maybe we just stay, but I don't think it would have been good good for the club. Um, it's a decision somebody had to make, either, either me or, or Gerard, and Gerard only just sort of come into the, uh, the, the, the system. So I think I made the right decision, to be fair. Uh, say, I'm, I'm, maybe not for myself, but certainly for the club. And in terms of yourself post-Liverpool, you were linked with quite a few jobs in the years that followed. What was it like post-Liverpool for you, Roy? Were you looking to actively get back into the game quickly or did you want a wee break from it? Um, to be fair, yeah, man, it's one of those things. But once you, when you've worked for Liverpool, like, like that, a lot of people think, well, what will you do? But I mean, I was, I was fortunate that I, um, I ended up like working for Wales, um, the national team. Uh, with John Tashak, as you know, John was the manager, and I was his second second man, and we, and we did okay for them, and you know they we had a decent team and, and whatever. So, and then I, I, I ended up with working for um, a few, two or three uh, teams in lower leagues, and and that's that sometimes actually is more difficult than 
and then coaching with the with the first team because of the obviously the the players are, are, are of a slightly different standard. But but I mean I I still enjoy working with them and, and doing what we we did. But um, nothing nothing would ever be uh, as good as uh, my days at Liverpool. You mentioned Wales there alongside John Toshak. What's it like when you're working at international level? Because obviously you, you only have your players for maybe a week at a time. So how do you adapt to that? Well, it's, it's just, I mean, again, you've you just got to adapt. You, you mean, in, in, the, in the meantime, you're like, you are going around looking at some of the players and making sure, are they good enough? Are there any, like, young, at that time, we were looking for young Welsh players and, you know, we, so we'd go and watch, watch games. So you became, like, a little bit of a coach and um, and, and, and a, a person who went down uh, looking for, for new players. So um, you, you just got to treat it like, like, a, um, like a football club. But obviously, you only get sort of 10 to... Ten to maybe ten games a season, if if, if that. So um, it was it was it was enjoyable though. I did enjoy that. It was just something different. Um, and as I say, we were we we did quite well as Wales, but we did, didn't quite say about win, if you like, in terms of um, obviously European or World Championship things. They were they were difficult games for for, for Wales. Difficult games, and, and and to be honest with you, Roy, as you well know. It took Wales quite a long time to get there in the end anyway. It wasn't a quick fix overnight. So it was a, no. a, job, a job that was tough. And, and you look at them now, obviously, with Gareth Bale as one of the best players in the world. It, uh, one player in many cases can make a massive difference. But over the piece of your career, starting with the playing, then the managing, the coaching, uh, and life after Liverpool, how do you reflect on your life in football? Because it's a very impressive CV. <laughs> well, as I say, you, unfortunately, sometimes you, you can you can look at always the negative side. Of, um, and but just of, of, of lately, there's been a lot of nice people, nice words from people, if you like, um, on some of the social media and some of the interviews that I've done. Um, and a lot of people say, "Yeah, you did a good job," and whatever. But you're always you're always going to be self-critical somewhere down the line. You're going to think that you 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 wanted to do to do more. Um, but to be fair, if I look at it, as I say, I was at Liverpool for over 35 years. Um, we won over 30 major trophies, not just because of me, but I was involved in in all of that 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 part in time. So really, if you, I mean, I suppose you know, if you wanted to win more, you'd, you'd have to think that you were greedy. But as I said, as as a manager, I would like to have been a bit, a little bit more, uh, as I say, successful. Um, but overall, if you talk about my my career, I'd like to play more games for the first team, but didn't that didn't happen? And as I say, uh, but I had thirty odd great years at a at a fantastic football club. One of the things I'd love to ask you, Roy, when you look at management now and you see that players obviously they earn a lot more money than even they earned when <laughs> you were managing, but but crucially as well, they're really a lot of them are brands in their own right through social media and other interests. Would you like to be managing now, or are you glad you managed at the time you did? No, we had good times. We had we had good times and whatever, whatever. I mean, with the players, with whatever went on. Um, in terms of the financial side, I mean, when I joined Liverpool, my first wage was eight pound a week. Um, when I played in the first team, I, which wasn't very often, as I said, about fifteen times over a few years, I was on thirty thirty pound a week. But um, so um, financially, I mean, <clears throat> it's a great time to play football. That's that's for sure. But um, but we we did enjoy our, ourselves. We, we enjoyed. The way we the way we lived, if you like, in many ways, and we had a, a good time. But financially, no, it was nothing near to what it is now. 
And in terms of the modern day player, would you like to have managed the modern day player? Or, as I say, would, are you happy when you look back and think, at least in the 90s, there wasn't constant social media? Well, I mean, you don't have to take too much of social media. So social media is what it is at the end of the day. And it's like everything else. Some days when you're winning, everyone thinks you're fantastic. When you're not, they think you're rubbish at the end of the day. So, And, and social media does that, that type of thing. But over, overall, as I say, it's, uh, you just you just got to get on with your job and you've got to try and get the best at your players. And uh, that's what I think uh, the good coaches do. Absolutely. It's, as you say, no matter which era you manage in, there's plenty of challenges. Yeah. What advice would you give to any young coach listening to this who really wants to make their mark in football? Well, to be fair, again, I mean, them days you had to, you had to go and qualify with coaching badges. Um, but nobody at Liverpool did. We didn't do that. And then they brought a rule in that you had to do that. Um, but obviously, if, you, if you're in, already in, in the, that top level, you you, you get to a, a walkover. But um, again, I think you, you've got to learn off, off people that you work with. And I was lucky to have, like, so, as I say, Joe Fagan, Ronnie Moran, um, Bob Paisley, you know, Shanks in his day. Um, and you, you've, you've got to learn off people, and you've got to, but you've also got to have your own opinions because, as I say, um, you, know, you work with people. Um, and what and what you think what you think as as the coach and if you're the you are the the manager if you like you have to make the the ultimate decision so yeah you've got to you got to listen to people and then make them decisions uh, on what you've learnt off of them. A few quick fire ones before you go. First one being, who would you say are the biggest characters you've worked with and why? Um, I would say Razor Ruddock was like was a character. He was a bit bad <laughs> at times and was up and down in Razor, but. I mean, to be fair, I mean, he was a decent player. Um, but again, sometimes you, you had to just calm him down a little bit. Um, um, but there's, and as I say, that you, you don't want to knock the character out of people all the time. Sometimes they've all got different characters and different ways. So you, you don't really want to knock uh, them down in that. But as long as they are sort of doing the right things between the lines. And uh, as I say, uh, you end up working with lots of lots of people for, uh, and, and 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 talking to lots of the junk I mean, even sometimes you should you're talking to your team, and let's see what they think. And you know, you're getting you you need you you talk to them so you can get a little bit of uh, feedback off them and what they're thinking about. Are we doing it the right way? And and they come up with some good ideas as well. So there's there's there's, there's many ways, but to to become there. But the main thing is at the end of it, you have to be in charge and you have to make sure that they abide by the rules, if you like. What would you say was your favourite away venue? Favourite away venue, um, anywhere that you went to win, I would say. But um, yeah, the away games are always um, different. So I say, I mean, I, I, we we like going down to London. We always seem to do quite well in London against all their teams. Obviously, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, them them sort of games. Um, but they were they were always a decent game. We used to go down by the train. Um, to fair, um, and uh, our, our, then our, our coach would the coach being a bus uh, would pick us up at the at the at the stations and that. So yeah, going down to London probably was was, was always um, sort of a, a bit of a thrill because we as I say we had good results. In terms of the best players ever in football, people talk about Pele, Maradona, Messi, Ronaldo. You've watched football a lot longer than me, Roy, and obviously been at a higher level than I'll ever be. So who would you say? <laughs> Who would you say was is the best player ever, or in your opinion? 
Well, let's put it like Pelly. Obviously, I think Pelly was a fantastic player. To be fair, and I was lucky. Enough. I met him actually in Spain at one time, and we had a, a little five-minute chat. To be fair, um, um, but at, at the end of the day, I would say it, it's a very difficult question because um, great players and they all play in different positions. And Pelly would have been rubbish in goal, so it's uh, um, that, that. But Pelly would be fantastic up there. Obviously, um, I mean, I just, I, I always just. Think about the Liverpool players, and I used to go back, and yeah, I think, and I, I, I started watching it in the the sixties, if you like, and you know the people like St. Johnny and Callaghan, Roger Hunt. I mean, they were always my, they'd always be my heroes, to be fair, because I said that I was a fan then, and I joined the club, and what a great bunch of lads to to work with who looked after you, Ian St. John. You can go good. You can go right through the whole team, to be fair, and and I think that yeah, the only I think they only used about fourteen players in the whole. Old thing, but I'm ends up winning the league. So um, I'm, 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 I, I always believe it's a team game, and I'm, I'm always a bit lied to start thinking about saying, "Well, I'm going to make a is, is it an individual game? No, an individual can play well, but it's all about team. And I think um, if you if you've got a team that works together, you've got a great chance of being successful. Last question for you, Roy. During your time at Liverpool, and Liverpool as a club have always been synonymous with Melwood. They're moving to a new training uh, facility. Just describe your memories of Melwood, because people always talk about the fact the fans can see over the fences and they can be really involved. Yeah, they could be. Again, Melwood was, was, was a great place. It, obviously, they rebuilt it again. We put a, a gym and, and everything inside there as well. Um, but again, it was had three or four pitches which we needed for obviously the, the first team reserves and some of the the, the, the younger players um, but again as I say people could look over but that's that's not the end at the end of the day people lived actually more or less on the on the on the road than if you went down the side sometimes they would like be sitting there in their bedrooms upstairs watching the training sessions but at the end of the day it's, it's, uh, it, was, it was a great place it was, it was what we needed and, and Certainly, when we started to move down there and get changed in, in that, would it became easier rather than we used to have to go to Anfield and get changed and then come go down by bus and come back by bus for the change. But but Melwood will always be in in my mind, you know, a great place to to, to do your do your do your work and 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 your your coaching and and everything else. It was a, it was a perfect place. It's been an absolute pleasure, Roy. Thank you so much for joining me. I'd love to get you back on in the future. Thanks for your time. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our 